Welcome to Films from the Phantom Zone, your podcast about failed and forgotten comic book movies, where we watch an old comic book movie and then we decide if it belongs in the Phantom Zone to be forgotten forever, or if it should remain in the public consciousness, like we should be watching it all the time. That being said, Berto, what movie are we watching today? We are. Oh, wa- shit. Stop. What? <laughs> my name is Arnaldo. <laughs> I am your host, and I am joined by my good friend, Berto. As every week. This is not the first time we fucking do this, but. It kind of <laughs> sounds like it. It did. Wow. Let's just rewind there. Berto, what movie are we watching today? We are watching the Captain America from 1990. It's just called Captain America. It's just a, yeah, like a, like a reboot, I guess. Not really. Because this is actually a movie. Yeah. Theatrical release and everything. Yeah. Sort of. So, so I was reading up on this. So around this time, like in the 80s, the film rights for Captain America were available. Uh, and that's a thing that back in the day just happened. Like film rights would just be like available for purchase every now and then. And random groups of people would buy them. It's not like Marvel was on top of that making their movies back then, obviously. But right. the same thing happened like on DC side. So you had the cases where just like random groups of people owned huge, what we would know as today, like huge like IP film rights. Yeah. But back then it was like, oh, like, sweet. We have, we can make a Captain America movie. This random little movie studio. Back then, Captain America wasn't nearly as popular. Either. Right. The same thing happened to to Superman where the this guy, oh, shit, I forgot his name. Where, like, he owns the film rights to Superman just because he was just at the right place at the right time. He knew that the rights would become available, so he just bought them. <laughs> and then DC's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, you own these now. We should probably get that back. Uh, well, they haven't. That guy has now made, like, many, many millions of dollars. So DC pays him every time they use Superman in a movie? Yep. <laughs> He's made uh, huge royalties on every Superman movie that's come out since not superman the movie since after that okay yeah damn he made a smart business decision oh yeah seriously and he's kind of like a well he was like a hollywood no one he was a hairdresser oh we'll get we're gonna get to him because i want to do maybe like a bonus episode or a special on superman lives which is the unmade superman reboot the nick cage, the nick cage one. one yeah Ooh, get back on our nick cage thing yeah because there's a lot of like big names that were attached to that including the director of batman uh what's his name tim burton tim burton and kevin smith was writing a script for it okay so uh, there's a really good documentary about it i'll have to check it out because i haven't seen that it's really good yeah i have it on i have it on my computer nice i bought it so we can we can watch that together it's so interesting anyway this movie gets made on like a $3 million budget. Uh, so they took it to Yugoslavia and made it there. <laughs> it does feel more like a movie, like a proper film. I, than I was thinking the that as other I was ones. watching it. Yeah. Like it, the way it flows is more film like. Yeah. It's kind of more attention to like, because the other ones were the ones we did before this. We did both Captain America 1979 TV movies. Those episodes are out if you want to check those out. But. Those movies are very clearly like TV movies. It, yeah. it almost feels like a TV special. Yep. You know what I mean? And they're filmed like TV shows, especially TV shows in the 70s. <laughs> uh, it almost feels like, you know, a long episode of The Brady Bunch. Yeah. I think we said that. Like, my frame of reference for when I watched like 70s TV shows is always The Brady Bunch because <laughs> that was like the most that I saw. You they even know? had a similar music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> but this feels like cinematic. 
Yes. You know what I mean? Like, they pay close attention to, like, shot composition and, like, how these shots are going to be edited together in sequence. It was made by a filmmaker, basically. Yeah. I'll be, maybe, and you can, we can, you know, sit here and talk about, like, is it good or not? But it is at, you know, at the very least, like, it does feel like a movie. Like a proper one, right? And, like, film quality is better. Like, visual quality is a lot better. Because it's, like, it was intended to. Yeah. Like, it was intended to be, like, on the big screen. Yeah. So, it's not on these, like, TV cameras from the 70s that were, in, you know, not good right. quality and made so for like, TV. Like, quality-wise, yes, this movie does look a lot better. Yeah. Is the movie better? Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let's get right into it. Time comes in the description where we go through our initial expectations, the plot. No keeper canceled because I don't know I don't any know of these people. Single person. And I looked at all their IMDb's. A lot of them went off to do a lot of TV, some movies, some minor roles. But I mean, there's no like no like recognizable names here. Yeah. So really not worth it. And then we decide if we're gonna put it in the Phantom Zone or not. All right. So this movie, if you want to watch along, is available on YouTube and not like for rent. It's just on YouTube. Like yeah. you can just watch just it. Just type in like Captain America 1990. 1990. Yeah. And you'll find it. It's there like an it hour, 20 minutes. Uh, 37. 37. Yeah. There And there's a couple of ad breaks and that's. Yeah. Just like a regular YouTube. Yeah. Video. Which is kind of interesting. And I was reading that apparently like Google just bought a bunch of random movies just so that they could like put it up on YouTube. Like not for rent or anything. Just like there it is. <laughs> also like who's actually making money off that's this movie anyway. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows who even owns this shit? Um, so, initial expectations, did you even have any? Uh, not really. There was, like, nothing on this movie when we were looking for it, too. Like, I think we saw, like, a clip from it, and that was it. But Yeah, same. <laughs> so, I, I didn't know what to expect. I think my thought was just like, oh, this is from 1990, so it's at least going to look a bit more modern. Yeah, I and, and that was about it. Pretty much, I'm in the same boat. I didn't know this even existed. I had seen just one of those random YouTube videos that's like, "Hey, there's a new Captain America movie coming out. Here are all his other appearances." And I knew there were two different Captain Americas, one with a motorcycle helmet and one without. That's all I knew. Yeah, right. So, and we didn't know that the one with the motorcycle helmet was actually two different movies. Right. Exactly. I think my only expectation for this, I thought it was going to be pretty bad because i'd never heard of it <laughs> like no one talks about it it's not like they're like oh yeah like you know batman 89 it's my favorite batman movie blah 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 no, no nothing like that people right. barely know this exists well yeah it's it's even kind of difficult to purchase this movie yeah we kind of looked around for it and we found it on youtube so for free it's with ads. the whole movie is on youtube that's kind of nice but it didn't get a like it didn't get a theatrical release basically it was put on a shelf for a few years and then it was released kind of internationally in some markets, but pretty much it was just slapped on home, like VHS. Yeah, it was and, intended and for like out. a theatrical release. So, yeah. And yeah, because I was reading about it as well. And there, apparently there's a lot of like behind the scenes issues trying to get this movie like, like just going in general. Yeah, I read it. It was pretty much in development for like all of the 80s, <laughs> like since like 82. So only a few years after the TV movies would have come out. All right. So let's just get into the plot. You ready? Yeah. All right. So the movie opens in Italy in 1936. So some point of references here, uh, you history buffs. This would have been fascist Italy. The Nazi party would have already been a thing. Hitler would have been rising to power. And the war would not have broken out for another three years after this. 
Yeah, this is like just like the so, the World lead War, up to World War exactly. II. Exactly, World War II is 1939, but we're in fascist Italy at this point. Mussolini's Italy. So Italian soldiers break into a home where a family watches and records a young boy playing piano. They murder the father and take the boy for his supreme intelligence before murdering everyone else. Yeah. Pretty brutal. Uh, it, it was a very um, dark start to the movie, like right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. These are fascist Italians. Like we already know these are the bad guys. We've seen World War II. We know how it plays out. We know these guys are evil. There's kind of no point into like, making them extra evil like oh we're gonna murder the entire family just gun them all down just take the boy take the boy shoot one guy and walk away like i feel like less is more you know yeah like it was they went over the top with it almost mm-hmm. it had um a little bit of that 90s edge yeah like you might as well have like nuked the building like what what <laughs> how far are we gonna go you know but anyway nazi officers are shown an experimental mouse turned large and red, now twice as strong and intelligent, before bringing in the boy and strapping him to an operating table. The doctor in charge of the procedure, Dr. Vaselli, protests and escapes. Uh, so I guess she was just kind of like against doing this to a little boy who's which like, is, clearly unconsenting. Yeah, which is, <laughs> I, I mean, hey, she has a conscience. <laughs> yeah, right. It's kind of nice when yeah. these movies like show like, not everybody in these countries like, you know, Germany and, and Are, Italy. Or, it's not like a blanket of evil. They're not all evil. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and clearly, like, you see the the mouse and then you see that they're about to do this to the boy. Like, you know where this is going already. I love that they have the mouse there who's, like, gone insane and is, like, mutated and red. And they're like, yep, it works. Yeah, let's do it to let's, the boy. It works. Let's it. No more research. Say less. We're doing this to this little fucking boy. <laughs> Because he's intelligent. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So jumps to 1945, Washington, D.C. Scientists prepare for Project Rebirth, directed by Dr. Vaselli, now defected to the United States. They say the Italian boy was turned into the Red School. I mean, again, obviously, we saw it on the rat. (laughs) (laughs) And their only chance to stop him is by perfecting the experiment. Their candidate, Steve Rogers. Is it stated in this movie that Steve was like weak or something because nope. they said he was the like the best of he was just the best just of the, the volunteers best. yeah he's the best of the volunteers exactly very vague i think it's like what are you gonna do you know you can't make him transform there's no cgi for that there's no like yeah we can get another actor i don't think they want to like corner themselves in and be like oh no he's weak and frail but now he's strong although like and we'll get to it when he's transforming the they zoom in on his muscles Oh, yeah, they do do that. I forgot about that. <laughs> and then cuts to Steve Rogers in his home, having a going away party with his friends and family. And he parts with his mom and his girlfriend, Bernie. I thought it was weird. We'll get to it a little bit later. But I thought it was weird that they don't use like Peggy. Yeah. Ber- Bernie. They use a they use a lady named or a girl named Bernice. Um, and it was confusing because you literally see her for one scene for not even a full minute, I feel like. And then you're supposed to just feel something later. They, or he found her at the pier and they have like a passionate kiss. And, and that's it. The music's real, like real hard. And <laughs> and there's like a map painting, which I appreciated. You know, little 70s tricks like that. Yeah. Like little paintings for like the background and the sunset. But so two officers go to a diner and are greeted by a waitress who is gripping a gun behind the counter. 
underground, Steve is being strapped onto a chair for his super soldier procedure. Dr. Vaselli assures him that unlike fascist Italy, he can leave if he wants to. The army officer says he was the best candidate out of 600 volunteers, but will remain anonymous to the public and shall be known as codename Captain America. And he says, he may not be Superman, but he will be a living symbol of what this country stands for. So does Superman exist in this universe? Exactly. Like as a comic book? (laughs) I guess. Or is he flying around? Oh, good questions. (laughs) (laughs) You know what that reminded me of is in Batman and Robin when he makes a Superman reference. Or actually, let's not even go that far. In Spider-Man, they make a Superman reference. Yes, they do. So, is this that far-fetched? Like, I guess no. Like, Superman (laughs) is kind of like the default superhero, right? He's also a big fan of justice. (laughs) He's also a big boy. He he is a big boy. Superman's a big boy. (laughs) Sorry. I like that he's like, he might not be Superman. First of all, and assuming Superman doesn't exist in this universe, you're about to make, like, the strongest human ever, and you're just, like, not that yeah, impressed no by Superman, it. Yeah, he's no Superman. Yeah, like, that's not impressive to you, what they're doing here? <laughs> it was just a weird line. Like, oh, yeah, he's no Superman. He's just, like, some fuck, right? <laughs> but but he'll represent America good but, enough, I guess. <laughs> um, it's just, they're downplaying their own accomplishment. That, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> a secret Nazi agent screams Hell Hitler and shoots Dr. Vaselli before Steve escapes his bindings and throws him against a computer where he's electrocuted to death. Dr. Vaselli then dies in Steve's arms. This was very similar to the first Avenger. Yes. And I was kind of like. It was almost sh- the same scene. Yeah. And I was kind of like in shock. And I thought, there's no way that Captain America, the first Avenger, the 2011 movie with Chris Evans, copied this. Like, yeah, like, use this as a reference. Like, there's no way in hell. And then I thought about it for more than a minute. And then I realized they're probably both based on the same source material. Right. And then I looked it up. And then I read the original Captain America number one, his first appearance. And all of that is in that. Right. A few pages of that. Obviously, like, some differences in how it's, like, portrayed. But. Yeah. In the comic i don't know if the doctor is named he's a male doctor because like female doctors that's unheard of it's the 40s (laughs) especially in the 40s (laughs) um and then he's later like retconned to be uh like dr erskine erskine yeah and this one it's like an italian doctor but i mean it serves the same purpose yeah yeah right the nazi agent being thrown against like a computer that's from the comic too he did that and then also the old lady holding like a gun behind the counter that was in the comic so the first avengers movie the captain america first avenger movie does that one more justice because in this one it's like it's not like a weird little shop it's a diner and it's kind of like popping off in there which is like not a good front (laughs) no (laughs) you know what i mean there's too many people there's yeah there's too many people (laughs) just hanging out and yeah like you see just a bunch of like people disappearing into the closet like no one's asking questions yeah uh-huh. It seems like this one did the part in the lab closer to the source material, whereas the first Avenger did like kind of the whole. It was more s- of a... stuff surrounding it better. If that yeah, makes sense, sh- sure. Like the lab thing in the comic is is also pretty quick and boring. Like it's not right. like in the in the movie. But you could tell that Chris whoever Evans. made this movie at least paid attention. Yeah, and I think the Vita rays were retconned later. Well, in this one, they just kind of electrocute. Them. Yeah. <laughs> they don't well they they mention Vita rays in this don't they 
I think so. Yeah, I think they do. But that was a retcon in the comic yeah. books. But that, all that we wasn't saw in the one. movie was just him getting zapped, and then the camera would zoom in on his muscles, and then he would flex that muscle, and then oh, you would yeah. hear like a laser noise, and be like. Yeah. <laughs> On his first mission as Captain America, Steve is flown to Italy and is given a fireproof suit with the justification that Dr. Vaselli became quite patriotic after defecting. That's what happened, right? I, I don't know if I heard that right. She designed the suit. She designed the suit, and then he's like, well, she doesn't know anything about camouflage. And he's like, nope, but she <laughs> loves the red, white, and blue. I love that they could... <laughs> They're the army or whatever. Like They could be like, no, this is dumb. We're going to put him Let's in like... Let's not have him stand out. Yeah. Like. Steve is like voicing his concerns and then he's like, yeah, you're right. She was dumb. This whole thing is dumb. Off you go now. And then he Kick immediately gets plane. spotted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when asked if he'll be joined by more soldiers, he's told that Dr. Vercelli did not take notes and said, I'm sorry, son. I think you're the only one of you there's ever going to be. So she's a terrible doctor is what I'm getting from this. Well, sort of, because the movie kind of does a 180 on this later on <laughs> uh, that we'll get to. So Captain America goes into the enemy base. The whole Again, the whole mission is just to like find Red Skull. He goes into the enemy base. Obviously, like you said, gets shot at right away. They're like, look at this fucker. Look at this the red, blue white, guy blue. here. Yeah. <laughs> I like some of the action stuff in here, though. Like he moves a truck to like protect himself from like gunfire. Yeah. He throws a shield to bring down a watchtower. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a miniature, but it looked awesome. Yeah. Credit where credit's due. Uh, once inside, Captain America finds Italian Red Skull, uh, who just wants to practice his English. Yeah. He's like, oh, my American brother. <laughs> Obviously, it's a departure from the comics where he is uh, German. Yeah. And he's Johann Schmidt. Schmidt. And in this one, his name is... That some... It's something... They say it like twice in the movie i don't know if they say his first name i saw it on hold on it's right here because one of the plot points is they're trying to find out his name tadzio 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 what tadzio desantis like the florida governor desantis (laughs) (laughs) that's an interesting parallel we can make but we won't uh (laughs) anyway so yeah obviously he's italian in this one because he was italian when they i don't know if it was just a you know, for fun to make the bad guys Italian in this movie, or they wanted to kind of because they wanted to stray away from like Nazi German but associations. They still showed people in Nazi uniforms. Well, sure, no, there are Nazis in this, but I don't know if like you know if they're because they're making this movie in Europe. If it's like it's a weird change. It is a weird change, yeah. And also, the actor is not Italian; he's American. He's doing a very yeah, poor he's from like accent. Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm not really sure what. Why? But yeah, he's he's Italian now. Um, and he's got this really thick fake Italian accent, and he keeps calling him his brother, <laughs> his American brother. So they have a quick fight. Cap's defeated and is strapped onto a missile, uh, headed to Washington <laughs> D.C. This was another part where I was like, "This is kind of like the movie too," where in Captain America, the first Avenger, at the end, he's flying the plane. He, he's with flying the plane, and there's missiles, on. one of which is going to Washington D.C. Yeah. So. I wonder if those kind of like pulled from the same comic book that I didn't. It gets read. absolutely ridiculous here, though. Yeah, he's like strapped onto a, the rocket and it's about to take off, and he grabs Red Skull to take with him. Red Skull pulls out a knife to cut Captain America's hand, but then accidentally cuts off his own. <laughs> that's a that's a bit of a stretch, but <laughs> it was it was a bit wild. 
that knife would have to be like lightsaber sharp in order to like because it just one, went right through one stroke just goes through his bone and everything and then captain america just flies <laughs> strapped to a fucking rocket i want to point out even captain america you're not surviving that flight no it flies from italy to washington like it crosses the atlantic and then alaska yes <laughs> So the missile turn. I'm gonna get to that. The missile takes off. A boy witnesses the missile coming to the White House, and then Captain America kicks the wing for it to change trajectory and barely miss, only to land somewhere in Alaska. Yeah. What? Yeah. This whole scene was pretty nonsense. I feel like they're just like we need to find a way to freeze Captain America. It's just kind of funny to see the missile, him like on the missile, and he's flying like right at the boy. And, like, no one else sees this. It's just, like, this little, like, 12-year-old boy or whatever. Yeah. Who can't sleep because he's in Washington, D.C. That was the excuse. Yeah. And he, like, goes to see the White House on his own in the middle of the night. He, like, leaves the hotel room. Secret service would be all over his ass. (laughs) I don't care what year it is. I think he's still, like, outside, like, on um, Pennsylvania Avenue or whatever. But (sighs) anyway, he kicks the wing because he's strapped onto this thing. Kicks the wing so that it, like... Goes up. Why didn't he do it literally at any other point during the flight? Could have done it at the beginning. <laughs> like, Rise is taking <laughs> off or something. But, uh... So he's still strapped onto the rocket, and then it goes all the way up to Alaska. They so how's, made that, it, how's that trajectory work? They could have made it, like, northern Canada. Because that's, like, another, like, you know, four more time zones to get to Alaska from Washington. Like, that's very far. That's almost just as far as crossing the Atlantic. <laughs> you know, all the way to Alaska. Also, what direction would alaska be from dc it's like northwest i guess but also coming from italy <laughs> yeah it's just like a slight i guess like a boop. so would that trajectory know. actually work no it's, it's nonsense there's okay. no point in thinking about this he lands in alaska and then like freezes like immediately <laughs> anyway that little boy tom kimball shows a picture he snapped of the missile to his best friend sam editor of the school newspaper I love little Sam because he reminds me of um, the kid from that Christmas movie. What's it called? A Christmas Story? Yeah, because he's got the little decoder. The Yeah, the decoder ring. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, how did Tom get such a clear picture of Captain it's America? It's the middle of the night, and he snaps his picture. And in the, in the picture, it's like a close-up. And it's, it's the 1940s. Redi- yeah, it's too. Exactly. It would have been such a blur from far away. But he's got this very clear-ass picture, and he gives it to his friend Sam. And he's like, I believe you, but no one else is going to. Right. Anyway, 45 years pass, and Tom is elected president of the United States. Wow, first of all. <laughs> they do the whole flying newspapers uh, montage. Yeah. Showing like kind of like Tom like become a senator. And showing like, like the decades war hero. passing as yeah. well. And I think he's always been like kind of inspired by this hero who... Save Washington. And only DC. he knows about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, he was the only witness. I do kind of like the sequence, though. Just, like, showing the, the time. stuff? Maybe not necessarily. Like, just, like, the fact that they're showing the decades go by and just kind of, like, showing what is going on okay. while Cap yeah. is frozen. frozen. Yeah. yeah. So he's elected president. He runs on an environmental campaign and is strongly against disposable plastics. <laughs> A U.S. General Fleming who is very against President Kimball, is seen in Italy meeting with evil people and Red Skull, who has had surgeries to fix his appearance and now just looks like a horribly disfigured white man. No longer red. That was an interesting 
decision to make Red he, Skull. He's not, not Red Skull anymore. Yeah, he's just an Italian man that's upset with like some scars on his face. Yeah, I'm gonna get to that during the evil meeting. Red Skull implies they were behind the assassinations of both Kennedys and Martin Luther King. Their plan is to mind control the president with a brain implant. This is where it gets a little wild, I think. But well, it also gets a little <laughs> weird because. I guess this is what uh, Red Skull meant, because when he first meets Captain America, he says something along the lines of, like, do you think I could be the president of the United States? Oh, yeah. I should have watched this in one sitting. I kind of watched it in <laughs> two or three, but... And then he says it again later, too. He's like, I'm going to be the president of the United States. Yeah. Is it because he's planning on controlling the president? I guess. I was very confused about what his... Their plan is weird. Yeah. At first, I thought, is he going to transfer his consciousness over... Like, that's not That's made... a very comic book thing to do. Yeah, but, you know, in a movie, it's a, it's a little wild. They weren't very clear about the, what the plan was. And what, I went back, and in this meeting, they do say that they want to mind control him. Okay. So, they're just going to use him as, like, a puppet. So, they're, they basically, like... They're, a, like, behind everything, basically. They're the Illuminati. Yeah, yeah, essentially. <laughs> Again, just kind of, like, over the top. You got to make them extra evil. Yeah. But um, also, like, their, their whole thing is they don't like his environmental campaign. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's why they... Murder and like... Okay. Sure. <laughs> but back to what we were saying, I, I read a thing where the... Uh, I guess the director or the writer Was in like earlier War? drafts... <laughs> in earlier drafts wanted to make Red Skull like not red. Because they said, we don't want to look at his ugly face for, like, the whole time. Like, I don't want to make the audience look at him the whole movie. That's well, kind he, of the he point He was of... kind of horrifying to look at. Sure, but that's kind of the point of a bad guy, right? That's true, too. So, what's the big deal? Because yeah, now he's just an ugly and then he's white just man. An, yeah, he's just an ugly white guy for the rest of the movie. I was really expecting, I was like, oh, what's going to happen? Is that towards the end of the movie, he's going to rip off, like, a, the mask he's wearing, and it's going to be all red again. But they didn't that do it. that does not happen. It's just one of those things where uh, we've said before where they're like hesitant to just do the comic book. You know what I mean? Like all of what's happening right now, it's absolutely bonkers. This is all ridiculous. Yeah. Why is the line drawn at like, we can't have this guy be just be read all the, the whole movie. That's crazy. <laughs> why? Like, why is that the tipping point for this guy? You know? Yeah. What was this movie rated, by the way? Was it uh, PG? Probably. PG-13? Didn't seem too bad. Besides the... You can put a family sk- murder at the beginning and oh, yeah, that was the horrifying-looking yeah. Red Skull. I mean, you can... Scary-looking Red Man, that's not enough for like a PG-13 rating, I don't think. No. I think it's PG. It's probably PG. <laughs> Grown-up Sam, now a Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter, because obviously, reads that a man has been found frozen in the ice and is on the run. Uh, Red Skull reads the same story and sends his daughter, Valentina, to take care of Cap. Who fucked Red Skull? <laughs> That's a good... Well, it must be the surgery. Because <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> Maybe she's a clone. Like a surrogate daughter. Somewhere in northern Canada. <laughs> that's literally what the... It is what it says. Said, Somewhere yeah. in northern Canada. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess he's like on the run and makes it from Alaska to northern Canada. On foot. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Red Skull's daughter. Uh, I'm just going to call her Red Skull's daughter because there's too many names. Valentina. She's like the only Italian person in this movie, by the way. That's an like actual, the only actual She's Italian. an actual Italian actress, yeah. Because I was looking up everyone's like IMDb and stuff. She's in a bunch of Italian shit. <laughs> Red Skull's daughter and Sam converge on Captain America, who's on foot, at the same time, by the way. <laughs> also, they know where he's at? I guess they're... Exactly. Like, oh, this man was in Alaska. Let's just go... 
Let's go let's to northern just, Canada. Drive, let's just drive there and we'll find him. And they find him at the same time. So <laughs> Sam rescues him from the gunfire of Valentina's henchmen. In the car, Sam tells Cap they suspect Red Skull of leading an international cartel behind high-profile assassinations. Cap suspects Sam of being a Nazi spy, playing an elaborate hoax, and asks him to pull over and steals the car until it runs out of gas. So there's some stuff I really like about this, and there's some stuff that's just funny. Like what? (laughs) Him stealing the car... Kind of becomes a running gag in this movie, and yeah, I love it. I, I was pretty funny. <laughs> because he doesn't even sell it. He's just kind of like, could you pull over the car? I'm feeling nauseous. And he's like, all right. Just like that. Like, he's not <laughs> acting or anything. And then he just walks over, stands there for a second. And then he, as Sam walks up to him, he just sprints to the car. Well, no. His, his play is that he just starts running away from the car. True. So Sam starts chasing him, and then he just kind of loops back... <laughs> And then gets in the car and drives away. <laughs> Which just, is kind of like, genius. Hey, are you okay? <laughs> that's not a bad move. That's no, that's pretty smart. I think. Just, it was really funny when I first saw it. But it, it it's funnier later. I kind of want to do that to somebody. <laughs> and then um, the part that I liked was while he was in the car and like hearing about all this stuff. Like he's he's paranoid. He's he still thinks it's the forties and that yeah. like the newspapers are fake and stuff. And then he sees like that the tape recorder was made in Japan. That makes him suspicious. Oh, he sees that the true. car that they're in was a Volkswagen. I didn't notice all those little details. The camera like zooms in on it. I wasn't paying that much <laughs> attention. I'm going to be perfectly so, honest. So like he's sitting in the car and he's seeing all these things that are like, oh, yeah. to him are red flags. Right, right. But to Sam, it's 1990. Like that's normal. Like things have changed. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, actually, this movie doesn't do the math correctly. I don't remember what part, but I stopped to do the math a couple times. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because the last movie we watched did the math perfectly. Yeah, Wendy does like incredible mathematics in her head. Like she multiplies like three digit numbers <laughs> like five times in order to do those conversion factors. And it's all correct. So like someone like stopped and like wrote out correct mathematics. And this one they can't even add and subtract years. Oh, they say like he was frozen for like the incorrect amount of years. They, I'm trying to remember, but it's 1936, then it's 45, and then it's. The movie came out, or the movie was supposed to come out in 1990, or did come out in 1990, but the movie is set in 1993, and then at one point they say that like 40-something or 50 years had to go by. None of it adds up. So, because I was just thinking of like how old Red Skull would be, and they abducted him as a child, so he right. would have been like 12 or 13 or something by the time he was abducted, so like, like seven years later. He's like or, a grown-ass He would have been like obviously. a young adult. By yeah. the time he's right school already, and when we see him at first. So by this point, he'd be like in his 60s. That makes total sense. Yeah. But since he was a child, so it, it would kind of make sense that like later on we meet Bernice again, and she looks like she's like kind of in her 80s, but she would have been in They like made her, her look like ancient. They, yeah, they made her look ancient, but she would have been in like her early 70s, I guess. Anyway, the point is, is like they're not doing the math correctly at all. <laughs> it's not consistent. Yeah. And I don't know why they would have said it in the future because Sam says it's 1993 at one point. Why? It's just like in the like the slight future, like three years in the future. Maybe that was when was the next presidential election? That, well, at the that's because maybe that's what they were lining it up with. Well, no, because it would have been 88 and then 92. I guess 92. I guess maybe that was it. And that was when it would have been the first 93. Would have been like the first year of his presidency. That way, they didn't have to have the current president be the president. 
Maybe that's why maybe that it. was their logic. That that, that could have worked. Yeah, that could have worked. Because ninety two, or maybe I'm just thinking about it too much. May, maybe because ninety two <laughs> is when Clinton won his first term. I believe so. Because yeah. then Bush won two thousand. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. not this is off topic. <laughs> None of this matters. Uh, yeah, we're thinking too hard about this. So Captain America stows away for the rest of the trip back to his hometown to realize that it's changed. He goes to his girlfriend Bernie's house only to find a similar looking woman who turns out to be her daughter, Sharon, and an older Bernie with her husband. By the way, the girl who plays Sharon is the same actress who played Bernie, like young. Right. (laughs) So that they could be like, oh, they they do look alike. (laughs) She attacks him with like a... 12 pack of soda <laughs> so like in the kitchen she says jack is a good man and a good father but that she couldn't wait to have kids anymore she was 38 steve is impressed as she waited 16 years for him and says i guess it's not meant to be and he's like you waited 16 years that is a lot like she does say because i mean he was going off to war and she was like i'll wait for you right which is the thing people said then because it's like Right. You know, like, you're in a relationship and he's going off to war. It might be, he might die and you'll be gone for X amount of but years. But you're going to wait and see. Yeah, you're not going to be like, I'm going to just date the first guy I see after you leave. You know. But, yeah, no, 16 years. I just think it's funny that, like, they, like, embrace each other. And, and the, the husband's, husband's just... like, the fuck is happening here? Yeah, he's like, who <laughs> is this? And then they're in they're in this man's house. And he... she's just like, yeah, Jack is a, he's all right. Like, he's a good father. But, like, I couldn't wait for you. You're, like, the love of my life. <laughs> Poor Jack. And Jack is like, like, fuck him, right? <laughs> and Jack doesn't even look, like, upset or anything. He just looks confused. He's just like, the fuck's going on? <laughs> but, but yeah, you can come inside. I guess. Sure. <laughs> I You know, like, as, this movie gets wild in parts. But, like, some of this kind of, like, melodrama was, was earnest enough. You know, like, I did kind of appreciate it. Yeah. Like it, I feel like it would have been appreciated more if we had more time with Bernie in the first act. Oh no, absolutely, she's in it for like a second. Yeah, for sure. She does. She also says that like that's why she, they never moved out of that house in case he ever came back. That's crazy. That's a that's a bit nuts. Yeah. Okay, so Sam finds Bernie's home. No, he's doing detective work and shit, and he goes to speak to her. But Red School's daughter Valentina has his phone bugged and goes there to intercept. There they just shoot everybody. <laughs> Meanwhile, Steve watches a VHS with Sharon to verify the events that transpired since his disappearance. At one point, he goes, Movies didn't come in these little black boxes you get at the library. <laughs> Which is hilarious because now that's a super dated reference. <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't anymore. <laughs> right. I think you still get movies at the library, but they're like DVDs. Yeah, you're not going to get. Well, maybe there's some VHS tapes there. Yeah, I do like that, you know, they do cap out of time. And they did it kind of okay. Yeah, all that stuff works. And he's going through, like, textbooks. And they're watching those movies. And they show... He just shows, like, clips of, like, different things. Like, they see uh, Martin Luther King. Yeah, just, like, world events that have happened leading up to current, present day, 93. It would have been cool to see a little bit more Man Out of Time stuff. Other than, like, that scene with Sam about, like, yeah, they're driving a Volkswagen and made in Japan and whatever. He doesn't have, like, a whole lot of moments where, like, he doesn't understand, like, what the 90s yeah, are. Yeah, it seems like he picks things up very quickly. Yeah, I would have liked a little more of that other than, like, oh, there's a movie in this little black box, you know. But, <laughs> I mean, we have a lot of downtime with them later in the movie, too. 
So I feel like they could have they could have done something there. So they rush to Bernie's home to find Bernie dead, Sam dying, and the husband wounded. Sam gives Steve his childhood decoder to give to Tom and then dies. I love that he just goes, give this to Tom. Bitch, who the fuck is Tom? He doesn't go. Oh, and, and by the way, this man is the goddamn president of the United States. He doesn't go, give this to the fucking president of the United States. Give this to Tom. He Yo. goes, give this to Tom and dies. And then Steve's like, I'll do it. <laughs> like, hasn't got a clue. At the hospital, Sharon puts on Wheel of Fortune for her dad. I'm only mentioning this because I thought this is a funny reference because it's the same exact TV show as it is today. Wheel of Fortune. Like, that show hasn't changed one bit. It's the same host. It's still Vanna White and uh, what's it? Pat Sajak. It's the same exact show. (laughs) And And it's it's not that fun to watch. I like Wheel of Fortune. Eh, I liked it when I was a kid. And I I still like it. I like it, you know, what I think is hilarious about Wheel of Fortune is that it comes on right after Jeopardy. And if you watch Jeopardy first, which is like, obviously, like, you know, if you don't watch Jeopardy, it's a very tough game show. Yeah. It's incredibly difficult. You have to be really, really smart. And the prize money for that show is like really meager. <laughs> and a Wheel of Fortune is just like, oh, just spin this wheel. Wheel of Fortune, they're just handing just like thousands of dollars to idiots. Like, constantly. If I'm going to be on a game show, obviously I'm going to want it to be Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, but Jeopardy is kind of like, it's like the more challenging one, so it might be the more rewarding one. Like, people strive to get on Jeopardy. Yeah, I'm in it for the money. Right. (laughs) Like, Wheel of Fortune, that's the show you want to go to. Hell yeah. But I used to watch it with my old roommate, because we'd watch Jeopardy together and, like, you know, try to, like, answer the questions or whatever. And, like, they're fighting for, like, $100, $200. You know, they're, they're like, all right, double Jeopardy, here we go, like $600. By the end of the show, they might have like, you know, 4000 bucks, and then that carries over to the next episode or whatever. <laughs> Wheel of Fortune, they're like, all right, let's spin $10,000. Can you guess this very easy puzzle? Here it is. All right, you want a trip to like Hawaii. Congratulations, and here's a car. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous the disparity between those here's two a car shows. On top of everything, yeah. Just like the budgets between those two shows is is crazy. Like just give the smart people the car and the vacation. None of that's on Jeopardy. <laughs> Jeopardy, they're just competing for. It's bragging rights. Yeah, pride. It, yeah, that's all you really get from Jeopardy. I won rights. Jeopardy. I was in 1997. Je- exactly. Like I went on that show. I won, or I came, whatever. Blah blah blah. Like, I did double Jeopardy. Cool. What do you have to show for it? At 4000 bucks, and I blew it. Like, <laughs> that's it. That was a fun tangent. Anyway, Steve and Sharon go to the diner that was the front for the underground lab where Captain America was created. Remarkably, the diner remains mostly unchanged. Steve enters through the wall of the women's restroom and finds the lab also remarkably unchanged since the attack. <laughs> like, what are the odds of this? Like, they go to the diner, and it's not even a new modern restaurant. No, it's literally just another it's still, 40s diner. It's Yeah, if anything, it's more of like a 50s-style diner yeah. now. and Like a throwback, you know? Like it a, even looked like maybe the scene was meant to be, like, not modern, because it's like, you look around a diner, it's like, just white people, too. Well, yeah, obviously. But, um, <laughs> they, like, painted I think it. There was, like, one Asian girl in the bathroom that yeah. ran out, and that was it. Yeah, like they painted it. It's mostly pink. I I get a I get a real kind of like American graffiti vibe. Like I think they modernized it up until the fifties, and they're like, all right, all this right, is a fuck th- it. This is a throwback place now. That could have worked if they hung out there a little bit longer. Like, oh, like 
this is my thing. Like, I know these yeah. things. I know but this no, jukebox. He literally and... just walks in, walks into the women's restroom and punches the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he caused the scene for sure. <laughs> yeah, so they go down to the lab. Uh, he finds Dr. Vercelli's notebook as Red Skull's henchmen arrive to find them. Steve fights off all the bad guys with a round tank lid resembling his shield. I do like that he just picks up a random thing. He's like, all right, this is my shield now. And he's like fighting with it. They spend the entire first half of this movie saying that Dr. Vercelli took no notes. And then now there's a notebook. And they just left it there. Like untouched. It's in the drawer. Like nothing. They contradicted themselves. Because this is just a plot point for them to find Red Skull. Right. Because she's the one that worked on Red Skull or whatever. Um, it's like her research. But they also use the fact that she didn't leave any research as a means to like, oh, there's not going to be any other super exactly. soldiers. So we have two conflicting so, plot points. Exactly. So just pick one. You know what I mean? They could have found another way maybe to get to Italy or I don't know. It's just kind of like, again. Or maybe. even make like th- that line with the super soldiers being like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we can't find her research. Even that would have been better than, oh, she didn't leave any. She didn't take any notes. She doesn't do that. Yeah, that was dumb. Or just don't mention that. Yeah. Because in the the MCU one, you know, they kill the doctor and, yeah, he probably had notes. But nobody's able to... Yeah. In fairness, like, that becomes a point for the rest of the MCU to work with. Yeah. It, because it's so much It's the of, reason why the Hulk exists. It's the reason why the yeah. Abomination exists. And then other super soldiers. Yeah. And it's like a plot point for so many more movies after that. So that becomes such a pivotal little event. But in this... She, uh, whatever, she doesn't take notes. <laughs> she doesn't take notes, but she does. But actually, she does. And also, <laughs> conveniently, like, after that event, they just abandon that place and just, oh, whatever, board up the walls. Don't touch anything. Don't look through Leave any everything drawers. laying around. And, yeah, that's all right, fine. We're done. Yeah, we're done here. Burn it. Dump it. <laughs> so anyway, they've got the notebook now. Obviously, it's in Italian, but Sharon can read Italian because she spent a summer in Venice, is what she says. Wow, she she's a quick learner. Yeah. yeah two months is... No, two months is not enough time. I'm sorry. <laughs> and they depart for Italy. There, why... Oh, oh, and, and let's get to... While we're on this, by the way. Her name is Sharon. Is she supposed in, to be, like, I, Agent 13? I think she's... It's That's a reference to Sharon Carter. Let's see if it's a coincidence. So, they use Sharon as Bernice's daughter. But they don't use Peggy. Why don't just call her Peggy? Because, so, in the comics... Uh, originally, Sharon was Peggy's little sister. Mm-hmm. Because remember, uh, Steve was only frozen for like 20 years. Yeah. And then as the decades because that passed. Was, that was the real time that his comic was on hiatus. Exactly. It was from the 40s to the 60s. Yeah. So as time passes, obviously, like he's a character that is married to World War II. So he's kind of one of the only characters that by point of reference, is getting older. And so they have to, every time they kind of redo <laughs> his origin... They he's keep just having to, like, retcon him to being frozen, frozen longer. longer. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like... Most of these characters, like, just don't age. or Yeah, like the world around them big, does, but they just don't. Yeah, it's just a, not a big deal. Don't think too much about it. It's like Batman's perpetually 35 years old. And Spider-Man's like a... He aged a little bit. But he's mostly but in his he's, 20s. He's mostly, like, late yeah. 20s, like, for maybe early 30s. Maybe, and that's pushing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Batman's only old in stories where he's supposed to be old, you know. But for the most part, he's 35. But you have a couple characters here and there that are specifically married to certain events in time. Captain America is from World War II. Magneto is a Holocaust survivor. 
Like, those are things that make it harder as time passes. Yeah. You know, because when we get to those X-Men movies, he's already kind of, like, borderline too old. Like, the character's oh, already... Oh, absolutely too old. Especially to be walking around and doing anything. Well, because he's supposed to be a kid in the 40s during the yeah, Holocaust. He, he looks like he's about, like, and 10 it's like years the year, old. It's like the year 2000 or whatever. So, he would have been, like... He would have been in his 70s. Okay. Which is already... Again, it is kind of old. And it was older than, like... Ian McKellen was in real life, probably. But, like, you can't... I talked about this with my friends. How do you do Magneto now? It's 2021. He would have to be, like, 100 years old now. I guess you could be like, oh, because he's a mutant. I mean, he yeah, do you, like, slower? slow his aging? Do you do things like that? Do you freeze him? Or do Because you... of his magnetic abilities, his blood flows yeah. better. Or know. do you reset, like, his continuity to be, like, his origin to be, like... I don't know. His he, family. Or he he's no, I'm saying he's he's not a Holocaust survivor. He's a survivor of some other genocide. Oh, true. Like he's African, you know, or he was in I, I don't know. There's other things you can do. Uh and it's interesting as like what the MCU is gonna do. Yeah. Because the MCU is now set like four years in the future from now. So Well, we're already catching up to it thanks to COVID. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Skipped a year of uh content. Pretty much. Okay, so they get to Italy, and then while driving, Steve uses his classic pull-over-I'm-feeling-sick routine to steal the car. Yes, he does. <laughs> so, yeah, like you're saying it is a running gag at this point. Yep. He leaves Sharon behind in order to protect her. Responsible thing to do, Captain America. Good yeah, but, like, get a different move. <laughs> but, again, he doesn't sell it. He's just so like, pull-over-I'm-feeling-sick. Like, feeling sick. She's like, oh, my God, are you okay? <laughs> and he runs back. <laughs> Meanwhile, Red Skull tells Tom the president he will be coming the president himself, I guess by means of mind control. Yeah. Yeah. And reveals he found the hidden transmitter in the president's molar. Is that a thing? So it's not. Officially, it's not a thing. There is no GPS tracking device embedded within the president. But, but there it should is, be. It's something that would make sense for them to do. Yeah. So I believe that that would be a thing. There is. I looked this up and there was like some kind of conspiracies being like, oh, obviously the president is going to have like a GPS tracker in him. Obviously. In like for like worst case scenario. He's the most important man in the country. Right. And, you know, they say he doesn't or whatever. But no, he, eh. he <laughs> it, it makes total sense for him too. I would believe that. I would, I would believe, believe that too. they put a they put a tracker on him. They put slap an air tag on him. Because you, know? you, you have to be able to find him at any point like it, in, in the event of an emergency. Yeah, like the Secret Service and like they're ready for the worst case scenario in any like possible. Maybe they just like get one of those tiles and like shove it up his ass. Well, that's what I'm saying. An air tag. <laughs> just shove an air tag up his ass. Uh, <laughs> I I'd buy it that like they I, they put one in his no, molar. That's or something. like one of the like conspiracy theories that I would actually believe has some it's sort light. of it's light conspiracy very light yeah, yeah it's believable but it's yeah it's it's like a very probable thing yeah so yeah i believe it i don't know if it'd be in his molar <laughs> it's not a bad place to hide it you can put shit all over yeah you can just put a chip right under the skin if yeah, you really want to. yeah steve and sharon find red school's childhood home where the current residents give him the recorder uh, from the beginning of the movie. So they were recording the piano recital. <laughs> and on it is like all their murders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is one of those like everything's way too convenient. Because they, they go to Italy. They have the address from the book or whatever. 
of like his childhood home. They get there and they're like, "Do you have anything from like the prior residence?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, we have this tape recorder." Oh, how convenient! Uh, <laughs> and then they listen to it, and then the guy's like, Ugh. "Had he never listened to it before?" No, it was broken. Remember? Oh yeah, they just they, fixed it. They had to take it to a repairman. Yeah, it's just like, where's this movie going? That why is this your lead? That they're like, all right. We got to get this tape recorder fixed. This will tell us where to go. I will it say the movie does kind of you know? slow down significantly around this part. And this like hanging out in Italy uh, and then constantly getting like chased by the bad guy. Yeah. Like it was around this part where I, I was having a little bit of trouble paying attention. It's like, you know, those Scooby-Doo episodes where like in the middle, there's just like, all right, now, now there's a chase for no reason. Yeah. And it's not, it's not going to change the status quo or anything. It's just, there's a chase and then. Because it's part of the formula. Yeah. And then they're going to elude the bad guy. And oh, then the bad guy finds them again. So there's another chase. That's kind of what was happening here. So they get attacked again. There's a car chase and a bike chase. And they get into a bicycle. There's a lot, there's a lot going and on And there's here. kids in the street. There's that, kids on the street, That yeah. he saves from. The music here sounds like Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone, but without any of like the singing. So <laughs> I, if you can imagine that, just like the... Yeah, like all of that classic like '90s music, the '90s action music. That was the soundtrack for this whole film. Yeah, <laughs> it's here's the thing though. Like, it sounds cool, but I wouldn't say it's memorable. No, it's, it's it is a very kind of dated. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, basically they're they're in a small car chase and they're on foot. You know, the bad guys are chasing them on on motorcycles and stuff. And at one point, Sharon very calmly says, "Man, this sucks." <laughs> Cap's carrying his um his shield and like it's in a like a bag. It's like in a bag and it's, like a carrying case. Type. Yeah, yeah. Kind of resembled the one that they use in Endgame. Uh, in Endgame and then in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. yeah. So by the end of the fight, they steal a bicycle. Not steal because Steve just throws a bunch of cash at the kids. <laughs> He's such a good guy. <laughs> uh, and they they take the bicycle. They like run it off a cliff into the water, uh, and then they hide that way. They come back with like outfits that they yeah. like, I guess they went and bought. Which I thought that was funny. Yeah, at least they changed clothes in this movie. Yeah. A lot of movies don't do that, even now. <laughs> Sharon returns to the scene to steal the lady's purse to identify her. Like one of Valentina's like people or whatever. They head off for Red School's castle, but are followed. Sharon tricks Steve and leaves him <laughs> so she can distract their pursuers, but is very quickly caught. She uses his move against them. There is a lot of, like, tricking people to get out of the car and then back into the car and then locking the car and then driving away. Yeah, she, like, <laughs> runs to the she runs to the driver's seat, gets in the car, locks the car, and Steve's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, and she, like, throws his shit out the window and drives away. So her plan is, like, she's going to distract all the bad guys, and that gives him more time. Or, like, you know, fewer, not yeah. more time, but, like, fewer people on but top of But she immediately gets caught. She gets caught. caught so quickly, yeah. So Tom the President escapes his his little jail cell that he's in. He uses acid or something? He just kind of walks what out of the that? cell. So when they had him earlier and they like ripped out his tooth and shit. Or they talked about they ripping They told out. him they ripped out his tooth. Right, right, right. You know, tell it on show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on his way out, he like grabs like a little vial of something. Yeah. It, it looked like poison. I was like, oh, that's poison. He's going to poison somebody. But then he's like seen dropping drops of it onto the like the lock and it's like smoking a little bit i guess it's just supposed to be acid then why do they have like acid like they're doing like a medical procedure trying to like knock him out and shit and they have like acid on that burns things like like metal like that was really dumb 
Also, I love how he didn't even know that his tooth got ripped out. Yeah. He's like, we got your transfer. And then he, like, reaches for, like, his mouth. It's like, yep, we took it out of your molar. Pretty good doctors, then. (laughs) (laughs) Those Italians. And then he, like, this is very unclear. I guess there's, like, another jail cell where Sharon is being held underneath him in the next four under. And there's, like, windows or, like, grates or something. Because he looks down at Sharon. He's like, and he says something to Sharon, and he calls her by name, Sharon. Does he know her? Do they know each other? Exactly. This random chick from California knows and the, the president, president of the United States. Obviously, she knows who he is. Maybe they got to know each other in jail. That's kind of what I assume, yeah. is that they were held there, and I don't know, they chit-chat or whatever. Well, there's nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah, because he looks down, and he's like, all right, Sharon, I'm coming after you or something. That's like if President Biden shows up, and he's like, Birdo, I got you, man. <laughs> be like, what the fuck happened here? How, how do you even know who I am? <laughs> So, Tom, Tom being the president, he kind of runs off and he's sneaking around on his own. I like in movies, whenever there's a president, they always have to make him like a, a like badass, a, a war hero. Yeah. To justify that he's a badass, like an Air Force One, where it's like uh, Harrison Ford is the president, but he was like, he was, he was like an Air Force pilot, but also like a soldier and like, so he can fight and he can fly planes and yeah. shit. Yeah. That way, in that movie, it's a whole action thing, and the president's, like, beating people up. And there's a, what was it, White House Down, like, Jamie Foxx is the president, and he's, like, a badass president. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, we should watch Air Force One. It's a good movie. That is a good movie. And Harrison Ford's great. I love, I love that, that guy. movie. Uh, and uh, what's-his-face is the bad guy. He was uh, Commissioner Gordon. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman, yeah. He's a bad guy. He plays like a Russian guy. I like how I knew which Commissioner Gordon you were talking about. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so Tom gets cornered. Tom, the president. He gets cornered by Red Skull and his henchmen. And so he tries to kill himself by jumping off the ledge. <laughs> hey, I mean, he's sacrificing himself for his country. I think he, that w- he even says, like, you need me alive for your plan, right? And yeah. And throws himself so off. He's like, I'm bed. jumping off. And Red Skull's like, oh, no, fuck. He got me. That's a good one. That's checkmate right there. <laughs> he was really upset. Yeah. And it makes sense. You know, if they find out the president's dead, you know, there's contingency. The vice president. Vice president. president Let's and... hope he's not corrupt. Right. And then like, <laughs> Iron Man 3 plot. And then Red Skull's plan, like, falls to nothing, right? Because that yeah. that guy's dead body is Also, useless. that kind of makes him a really good president. Yeah. I mean, he's a good guy. That's he's kind of the point guy. of his character. Yeah. yeah. He takes pictures of Captain America and... <laughs> He's an environmentalist. He, he's basically Al Gore if Al Gore was a cool badass. He's like Al Gore if he uh, won the presidency. <laughs> or or if they let him win the presidency because he kind of did win. <laughs> so, yeah, so the president jumps off the ledge, but Captain America catches him. Because what are the odds? He was just right there below him and he just catch, He was Earlier we see him like scaling up the wall, but he is in the exact trajectory where the president would be. Yep. And he just catches him and throws he's him in like, the window. He's just like, oh, hey, here you are. Throws him in the window. They they get to know each other. And, and he's uh, like, oh, I'm your biggest fan. Right. He's like, oh, wait, you're Tom. That's when he figures out the president is Tom. Sam wanted me to give this to you. Yeah. Uh, Again, uh, Otherwise, Sam, he would have just, what, been holding on to that until... And get, he meets any Tom, I guess. Just from random Tom. Tom. do you know a Sam? Are you Sam's friend? Two most common names in America. Yes, all Toms are friends oh, with Sam. Sam told me to give this to you right before he died. I'm like, what? Sam's dead? Just fucking just say, the president. The president of the United States is Tom. Also, like, this president, he's so, like, chill. 
with cool. everything. <laughs> kind of like the president of National Treasure 2 that was like super cool of getting kidnapped. Oh, yeah. And he's like, wow, this is kind of exciting. Yeah, like he meets his hero. He's like, I know you. I took this picture of you when you were a kid. And then Captain America's like, oh, you're that kid. Oh, you're the kid that I saw when I was strapped to a rocket. Yeah, he remembers. In <laughs> fairness for Captain America, that was like a day ago. <laughs> it was also the last thing he saw. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they team up and they fight their way through the fort. You know what? Like, this movie, as ridiculous as it is, I was really having fun around this part of the movie. Yeah. When Cap... Because it's just such a comic book moment. Like, a wild comic book. Like Captain not, America and the President teaming yeah, up. Yeah. They're teaming up and they're fighting their way through, like, fascist <laughs> Italians. Like, that's... That's, like, not, like, a main comic book issue. It's one of those, like, filler issues. You know? It's just such a wild ride. Oh, it could almost be, like, a one-off. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was... I'm sorry. Like, I was having kind of fun with that. Again, they're they're kind of teaming up. The president's punching a lot of people. He's yeah. holding up. Like, he's pulling his weight. At one point, he has the shield himself. Yep. And he does the whole... I'm, I'm going to capture this, but he holds the shield up or over his head with the camera below, which is now so iconic because of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. For when the guy, like, decapitates, <laughs> decapitates yeah. the man. No, like, you put those side by side. It's, like, the same shot. But, like, he, like, beats someone up with the, with the shield. <laughs> And then he throws it back to Captain America. Captain America's like, excuse me, sir. Like, There's a lot of like little banter with them. <laughs> I enjoyed all of this part. Um, I, I did too. Like this, this like climactic fight yeah. was actually fun to watch. It was. I had yeah. a lot of fun with this. I'm not going to lie. There's Obviously, a lot like, of shooting too. Yeah, I expect it to be ridiculous. But I'm like, yeah, the president gets like shot in the arm at one point. <laughs> So Tom, the president, runs into like General Fleming, the general he was arguing with earlier. And the, the general movie. tries to play dumb. He's like, "Oh, I've got this area secured." Blah blah blah. And oh, Tom's Mr. Like, president. <laughs> and Tom's like, "You're not getting away from this one." And then he just punches him in the face. I just, again, it's just, it's like Captain America and the president, and they're fighting people. Like, what more could you want? Uh, <laughs> this never happened in the MCU. It sort of did. President was like a hostage in Iron Man 3. Yeah. And he was in like a suit of armor. He didn't do anything. No, he just sat there. He sat there like looking confused. (laughs) So Captain America encounters Red Skull, who is holding Sharon hostage. They fight for a little bit. They chase each other around the castle. (laughs) Anyway, they end up at the top of the fort, where there's for some reason on the corner of the top floor of this fort, in Italy, there's a grand piano just sitting there. So you can play to all the peasants below you. Why? Why? That's the worst place to Maybe play. Maybe he put it there because he is a um, genius and he can play the piano. Because he's an eccentric genius and he wants to play to the sunset of, on the Mediterranean? That seems like a very dramatic thing to do. I'm going to link a picture that I'm going to like <laughs> screenshot now. There's it no, is ridiculous. There's no rails. There's no roof. It's just a piano on the top floor outdoors. And, and like a grand piano, like an expensive one. Who put it one. there? And why? Like, as soon as it rains, it's it's going to get ruined. Also, those things are heavy. Is it just there for dramatic effect? I just... It's, I had so many I questions. Think for dramatic Again, effect. Again, for a third act that was flowing really, really well, I thought, this was... It just came to a halt right it, it here. It gets really weird at the very, very end. So, and then he grabs like a piece of the piano out which is a detonator it gets really james bondy right here <laughs> and he's like oh i'm gonna detonate this nuke red school pulls out a detonator and threatens to blow up most of italy 
or Europe. It's not really clear. Yeah, are what... they sitting on the nukes? He said something of like, oh, bombs that are like placed and blah, blah, blah. And he said like 70 million people are going to die. Why are you blowing up your own homeland? But here's the thing. 70 million. I guess that's, that's a lot. That'd be I like... think that's a shit ton of people. Yes. That's, that'd be like the pop. How many people are that's in Italy? Pop... How many people were in Italy in 1993? Yeah, that's, that's a better question. Population of Italy. In 2019, Thank the population stop, stop, of stop Italy talking. was 60,359,546. Thanks, Google. So, okay. So, <laughs> 70 million, that'd be like a good chunk of Europe. Yeah. Yeah, that's... So that's a lot of people. But it's but just But also, like, those... why? Because you didn't become president? It's also like a tell-don't-show thing. Like, why say this at the end? Your plan was to get the president... Of the United States and mind control. Okay, cool. That's your plan. But your reserve plan is I'm going to blow up all of Europe. What's the scale factor here? Because also, that's a better plan. Hold the world hostage or you'll blow them up. I don't know. Also, like, what exactly is Red Skull's motivation? Because I don't think it's, like, Nazi-related anymore. It's unclear. He's just a bad guy. That's kind of my problem here is that it's just, like, bad guys doing bad guy stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? And I so think he's, he's just, like, I think he just hates the environment. <laughs> <laughs> he's just profiteering, I guess. Again, not clear. Captain America distracts him with a recording of Red Skull's family being murdered. This is kind of fucked up. That's <laughs> fucked up, yeah. Because they they had the recording and then they re-recorded it on like a like a modern tape recorder. Made in Japan. Right. He's like he pulls it out and it's him. He basically playing the makes piano. this man go through PTSD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How is this going to help? It's just going to make him more mad because he plays it. It's like him playing piano and then the sound of his whole family dying. This was real fucked up on Steve's part. Very, um, not very Captain America, man. It's not ethical. So then he throws his shield at Red Skull, knocking him off the castle onto the rocks below. Okay, again, they shouldn't have been there. The piano shouldn't have been there. Also, you see his body, like, hitting the rocks as he falls down. Yeah, it was like a miniature. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Valentina shows up. It's the daughter. And, like, holds a gun up. But then the shield comes back to her and hits her, too. And Captain America's like, heads up. Um, and yeah, then it kind of just, like, smacks. We don't see her, like, go down or fall down or anything. It just, like, hits her and she's hits done. Hits her really hard, yeah. President Tom shows up with NATO troops. And they're all wearing berets, because I guess they're French. Makes sense. And that's pretty much the movie, but the shield, while we're on here, I do like, uh, we're going to get to like the costume and the shield and shit, but I do like that the shield, it's clearly plastic again. It looks right, plastic. because when they do like the close-up shots of it, it's like, that's a plastic shield. Yeah, it's very plastic looking. They do do a lot of Foley noises on it. So like when it yeah. falls, it sounds like it's like really loud steel. That's like hitting the ground. What's nuts, though, is I can go on Amazon right now and buy a Captain America shield that looks more real than that Sure. Prop. Yeah, okay. But, like, you know, 3D printing and stuff like that, like, it's a whole different... We're it, in a different Technology age. is very different now yeah. than it was 30 years ago. Exactly. So, that works better for me, I'm saying, than, like, the last shield. Oh, that, that was, was literally... transparent. <laughs> flimsy, transparent plastic, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> credits basically start rolling. But a newscaster's voice during the credits say that the president has passed some environmental laws, I guess, because of this whole event. And he leaves a strange message thanking Captain America. <laughs> right. <laughs> because I guess he's still anonymous. No one knows who Captain America is. Yeah, nobody knows who Captain America is in this universe. Yep, and that's the movie. 
So, did you notice that Captain America has fake ears? Towards the end, I started noticing it. I'm like, are those his ears sticking out or are those fake as fuck? I, I had to pause it because I was like, this ear looks weird. And then I paused it and then it's very clearly like a different skin tone. And it's like, uh, it's just rubber. Why? Why not just have the blue go over That's the whole a real thing? real good question. I feel as if maybe um they couldn't get it to like look good maybe. Like have Having a adhere... rubber ear doesn't look good either though. I uh, know for sure. In fairness, he didn't spend a whole lot of time with the like with the mask on. No, he spends most of the time and with it actually off and like yeah. kind of down like a hood almost. Yeah. yeah. And then I think the worst part about the suit is that I mean, it, it looks, looks like fun. rubber. It looks fine for the most part. It does look a little rubbery, but his eye holes don't match up with his actual eyes. So it, it <laughs> almost looks like his eyes are too close together because of that. Yeah. No. Like he clearly can't see that because he's got material like covering up yeah. the inside parts of his eyes yeah. and makes the eye holes further apart yeah which also made his eyes look his actual weird. eyes look too close right. I yeah just, I, the that's mask a weird one for me because i mean i, mean, I know it was comic accurate you yeah, know absolutely but i feel like obviously there's there's budget constraints but you couldn't have like measured where his eyes are gonna go and cut holes but because they're just holes you yeah. could have cut the holes maybe differently. Like, didn't that have the budget for a second mask? That to might redo be why it? he spent most of the movie not wearing the mask. <laughs> he spends a lot of the movie like it's just regular clothes too. True. And then the second outfit that they went yeah. and bought real quick. But the costume itself, <laughs> like I'll say, it looked fine. It looked like Captain America, unlike the last one. It does look better because it's not like a motorcycle helmet. Yeah. You know? My only issue with the costume was one: it looks like rubber, very similar to like the Batman. Yeah. One. And also, when he has the mask on, it also seems like it squeezes his face too much, <laughs> which makes his whole head look chunkier than it actually is. But he's not a chunky guy. No, not at all. In certain angles, I think the suit looks really good. Only in certain angles. But not like a front-facing angle. <laughs> no, 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 no. Again, the eye holes don't match up with his yeah. actual eyes. Because the there's like a freeze rubber. frame at the end where he's in the full costume and like his eyes look dumb. Oh, no. And then there's a shot where he pulls... The whole mask back. Mm. And if you're looking for it, like if you didn't know it was there, you might not see it. But you can see that the ears are fake. Oh, like the they, ears go back They with go it. back with the mask, yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah, that's in there. I'll, I'll try to link that. Okay, so overall an- analysis, like, what do you think? It's It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Same. I <laughs> thought this movie was going to be horrendous. Like, just like... A chore to watch, yeah. you know? Not the case. I quite enjoyed no, it. It was enjoyable to watch. There was some genuinely, like, laugh-out-loud moments. Yeah. I will say this movie does feel more like a B-movie. A little bit. I mean, it is it is in that territory. Like, they had to yeah. go to Yugoslavia. But I would say, like, a high-quality B-movie. Sure, yeah. Honestly, like... Like, okay, you can see the budget, for sure. Yeah. And they used it where they could. For example, they're obviously filmed this on set... And then in location, probably in Yugoslavia or in right. other kind of surrounding areas in Italy, in in Europe that could pass for Italy if they didn't actually go to Italy. Because they don't spend that much time in, like, recognizable cities. No. Like, it's even like, the parts in California, it's like, oh, this is just, there's a house here. There that, was one scene on a beach that was again, it. And that was a matte painting. Yeah. As the background. So, that was a set. The on-location stuff that was real, like, the, all the Italy stuff... They do go to Rome, but they're just, like, on a street. That could have been a street in Italy. 
I mean, oh, it could have. Sure, been. no, it absolutely could have, but not in Rome is what I'm saying. Like oh, they didn't no, go no, to no, an no, expensive no. city to film this. Oh hell no! They stayed in a cheap town, probably a small town on the coast. It could have been in in a bunch of different yeah. countries because like in they, they say they're in Rome, but you don't see any of the landmarks that's or what, anything. That's my yeah. point. Yeah, since they were filming in a cheap place, they could make it probably pass for Italy. Yeah. So I think that's smart when you're working with a small budget. I will say for th- for just a three million dollar budget, yeah. this wasn't bad. That's what I'm saying. Like, pro- uh, like production wise, exactly. Other than a certain some things, because like you go to most of the like the sets, the rooms are like empty spaces. Like it's not like fully furnished. Yeah, but it's I mean, like lived in. It's also like you know they couldn't really buy a bunch of well, just that, random that's my, props. That's my point is yeah. you can see where the budget is there, like. The some of the sets, like all the houses, yeah, look fine. They might have been real homes that they use for all we know. It seems like they use their money wisely. Yeah, but you go to like the basement of the lab, and and, it's just and empty the, space with the, some the, stuff on the floor. Yeah, and the fort is just like a bunch of empty space, and then you're like, who lives here? Like, are they actually doing stuff? I think here? the set for the lab was the same set for uh, that uh, Italian base that he found Red Skull at. Probably, yeah. It's just like a big empty area. Yeah, just yeah. empty industrial-looking building. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, obviously it does have like its budgetary constraints. But I think like overall, I was expecting something way worse. I was expecting like just absolute garbage. Yeah. This holds like a 14% of Rotten Tomatoes, but in fairness, I don't think most of those reviews are from this time when it, this movie came out. I think those reviews are more recent probably. That's the yeah. thing that happens, and then with some old movies, this movie didn't get a whole lot of like exposure, and it's still uh, people still don't even know it exists. Yeah, like it it was released on cable here in the states, and then on just like VHS, and that's pretty much it. And I think there is a Blu-ray of it. Yeah, they did, but that was I mean that was a few years ago. Yeah, that was very very recent. Yeah. And again, it's on YouTube, but it's almost like annoyingly earnest and wholesome in certain parts where you want it to be bad, but you're like. You can't help but kind of like get caught up in like, yeah, this is like Captain America and he's like this wholesome guy. Yeah, his family there's a surprising amount of heart in this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of heart. Yeah. Exactly. My only real issues with this movie stem from like are more plot related. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of like, like what the hell are the villain <laughs> motivations? And also the pacing at the beginning was like breakneck speed. I, he yeah. became Captain America like 15 minutes into the he, movie. I wrote down here he's been Captain America for two hours. Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> think about this. like At least for all we saw, he's turned into Captain America. They put him on a plane. They take him to Italy. They're like, all right, good luck. And then he gets he's frozen. He's trapped on the missile and he gets frozen. So when he's out, he's he's been Captain America for like a, a couple hours, basically. Yeah. And he's basically like a conspiracy theory at this point. The, the only <laughs> known evidence of him existing is... A photo taken by a child that became the president. And that child became the president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, he goes, gee whiz. <laughs> I, I like stuff like they, that. It, yeah, it just kind of like wins you over a little bit, yeah. you know? it's This is definitely one of those movies. Like I said, definitely B-movie territory. But it's one of those movies where like, if you have like a couple drinks and watch it, you'll have a good time. I was having a good time perfectly sober. Oh, like, I, was, I, was, I was too, but I mean, like get like a right, group sure. of friends together, have a few drinks, watch it. You're going to laugh a lot, but, but you're not going to hate the movie. It isn't so bad it's good territory at all. No. it's. I don't think it's there. I think there were things in the last movies, the the TV ones that we saw that were so bad it's good. 
I mean, the boom mic is in shot, you know, and the kids like it was just the way the shield behaved. Exactly. Like that's so bad. It's good stuff. Yeah. Or, like the old people are no, my friends. Th- this movie was like trying to be something. Yeah. But I think that's kind of what I like about it. Cause like you could tell there was effort put into it. Yeah, absolutely. This it's, is, it's weird. Look, this is a movie. You know what I mean? It, like it, it's it, a, is a solid attempt at a Captain America movie. It is surprisingly comic accurate in parts it definitely deserved more attention yeah and that's that's our whole point right yeah. that's what we're trying to do here is bring attention bring to attention this to movie. forgotten a forgotten comic book movie exactly wow wow we did it gee whiz gee willikers <laughs> um, so look it's not good but there were parts i just found myself smiling and like truly enjoying myself like i said around the time where cap's like saving the president and they're just, like, hanging out. <laughs> and the president's come so on, happy to meet him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on. You can't help but root for this movie as it's happening in, like, real time. And honestly, I think if I saw this as a kid, I probably would have enjoyed it. Genuinely. I, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm right there with you. If if someone showed me this, and I kind of wish they did, I would have been more of a Captain America fan growing up. If someone had shown me this around, like, 10 years old. I think I like it better than would... Batman Forever. I like Batman Forever. No. <laughs> Batman Forever was the one I had a lot of issues with, though. You, okay. You, you like that one. Yeah, I like that one. You hate Batman and Robin. Well, I, no, those are the ones, again, we but Those are the ones this. you grew up That's with. That's the one I was grew up with. Exactly our point here. If we had grown up with this movie, someone had put this in our lap, and they should have. Our parents suck. Then <laughs> they we, probably didn't know it existed. We would, exactly. <laughs> we would have grown up very fondly of this film, I think. I would have been like, man, what's his name? Matt Salinger? That's my Captain America. <laughs> That's more Captain America. Who's Chris Evans? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> what okay, is so, this reboot? <laughs> yeah. Fun fact, by the way, because we don't have a keeper cancel, but Matt Salinger, uh, the guy who plays Steve Rogers, is the son of J.D. Salinger. Uh, you're more of a book nerd than me, but that is the author of Catcher in the Rye. Which is a very big cultural... Oh, no, very famous Benchmark book. Yeah. Yeah. book. yeah. I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, he didn't really do that much else. He wasn't a great actor. <laughs> no, he was not that good in this movie. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Um, apparently, he is currently working on touching up the rest of his father's works to be published. So, is he a writer? I think he is a writer. Huh. He is very well educated. I did see that on okay. his Wikipedia. Interesting that he uh, went into acting for a little bit. Basically, everyone in this movie has like some credits, TV stuff. Small stuff. Nobody nothing... in this movie is like a good actor, I'd say. No, there's no one. There's nothing special. But I, like, there's also Sharon nothing like. Be my there's nothing like horrible either. Okay, so Tom the president, he had a pretty uh, lengthy career. He was in um, Deliverance. I never saw that. <laughs> oh, there's some there's some butt rape in that. Oh, nice. Uh, he was in Deliverance, and he was uh, he's in a bunch of stuff. Wait, they're raping each other. You haven't heard the. I, I'll make you squeal like a pig. I've heard that. That's where that's from. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I do kind of feel in parts I was like, this mostly exists because of like Batman 89. But both, <laughs> of, both of these movies were like in development hell for like 10 years, basically. Yeah. Batman 89 and this movie. Even though Batman, Batman 89 like, ha- also had more uh, marketing behind it. Well, it is a huge budget movie. Huge budget. Like $100 million or whatever. It had uh, established actors. Right. <laughs> It's crazy because are these these two movies like that different? No. no. Like at the end of the day, you look at them and one is worth 
a hundred times more, maybe more, maybe a thousand times more than the other. And are they that different? Like, is Batman that much better than this movie? I would say no. I would say 40% Because weren't we like, both, like, with Batman 89, we were both kind of like, eh, eh, on it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, there, it was fine. Like, it was fine. But, like, I'm just saying, like, you put these next to each other, there's diminishing returns, I think, on Batman. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I get it. I, I like I get that Batman eighty nine like kicked off this whole you know comic book movie. Oh yeah, Batman eighty nine was obviously but... a more important movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but this is it that much better than this movie? Kinda I'd say not. no. They're kind of on par with each other. I actually. think they're more or less kind of like eh, they both close. have uh, ridiculous issues with the plot. I mean, I would say this one is worse plot wise. Yeah, but like everything else, I I'd, I'd, I'd say it's about the same. <laughs> I would say actually the action was better in this movie than Batman eighty nine. Really? Yeah. There's... Okay, I would say maybe... It's definitely more physical. It's not... I would say it's not that different. I'd say they're mostly the same. (laughs) Yeah. They just spent more money on, like, Batmobiles and shit. (laughs) Instead of just getting a couple Fiats, (laughs) like they did in this movie. They spent a lot of money on Jack Nicholson. Seriously. Who was not that great of a Joker. He was was fine. He's just... Again, like, is it... (laughs) Is he really being the Joker or is he just being Jack Nicholson? And I know he said that. But it's just uh, anyway. Go back to our Batman episode because I don't really remember what I yeah, said. We're making a lot of callbacks and we don't even remember what exactly what we said. Yeah. All right. So again, yeah, no keeper cancel. None of these people are interesting. So let's just get into our final thoughts and into or out of the Phantom Zone, Birdo. Final thoughts. This movie is not as bad as one would think, mm-hmm. especially with how difficult this movie is to find. Like you have to actually like look for this movie. Yeah, it's pretty buried. I would say this movie did deserve more attention. I'm not going to put it in the Phantom Zone because mm-hmm. I genuinely had a good time watching this movie. Yeah. Look, it's not great. I'm not going to stake my reputation on this. It's not great. No, it's not a it's good ba- movie. It's barely good. Sure, I'll <laughs> give you that. But it's not horrible. I wouldn't even call it bad. It's just kind of somewhere in the middle. But I honestly had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah, I'd say it's it's passable. It is very passable. It's very earnest. It's wholesome. Even when these actors aren't that great, like, you still root for them. Like, I was rooting for Sharon a lot. And I was rooting (laughs) for Steve Rogers here a lot. It really, like, it staked its claim. Like I said, we're going to make a Captain America movie. And they did it. You know what I mean? They didn't make concessions, and they made a couple. Red Skull wasn't red. Okay, red. sure. <laughs> he was at first. Yeah, and it looked okay it for nineteen ninety. I mean, it was scary. It was scary, like yeah. maybe not in a good way. Scary. Sure. Like it was more grotesque. But... Exa- yeah, exactly. But I mean, they they went out and they did it, and that says a lot more than a lot of the comic book adaptations around this time period. Hell, even X Men, ten years later. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. <laughs> they said, what's what's more palatable? Let's you know, put like, everybody in more... black leather. Exactly. Nothing too crazy, nothing too wacky and campy. Sure. This movie just went out and did Captain America. They put him in the suit and everything. Gave him the shield the whole night, right? So I like it. I like this movie. I think it could have been improved in many ways. I wish I had kind of paced it slower. I wish I had spent more time in World War II. Yeah. Instead of just kind of like speeding through it to get to the modern day i think part of the reason like 
the current Captain America, or I guess he died, whatever, like Chris Evans in the MCU, <laughs> that works so well because they spent an entire movie in World War II. Right. And then in every appearance after that, he's doing the man out of time bit. But you as an audience live that with him. So you always remember back to his World War II days with the character. In this movie, it was... Minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like minutes. Literally minutes, yeah. Uh, and he really didn't do that much. He just went in, did a mission, failed at and it. And it it's not even a long movie. So I think this right. movie would have benefited from being a little bit longer. And just set the whole thing in World War II. And I know that that's more expensive. That's the other thing. Because you, yes, you need the costumes. And I the cars guarantee you they it. went to the 90s because they were like, oh, we already have this stuff. We don't have to buy. Exactly. More Nazi uniforms. There was an impressive one set that actually impressed me was at the White House Oval Office. But I guarantee it's one of those like sets where they share it, where they build an Oval Office set and and they know a bunch of productions are going to need it. They just rent it out. They just rent it out. Exactly. I think it would have been a little bit better if they hung on to World War II, throw him in the future, maybe at the end, freeze him or whatever, set up a sequel. This isn't a movie that tries to set out up a sequel at all. I, I don't know if they No, were, it just kind of ends. It's just kind of over. I don't know if they were even thinking about that when they made this. I don't, I don't know, know if they were about... that confident in it. Exactly. So I don't really... Whatever. But this really embodies the entire thing we're doing here. It's like finding these little gems and like deciding if... Yeah. Should we tell people about this? Should we tell our friends, hey... Go watch Captain America. It's not as bad as you think it might be. It's actually a fun time. Yeah. And honestly, I can say that about all three of the Captain America movies we watched. On Yeah. All and three like, of them kind of felt like hidden gems. Exactly. And I feel like you can go back and watch these movies the same way you go back and watch like the Spider-Man movies with like Tobey Maguire. You know what I'm saying? Because you were just doing that. And those movies are laughable in parts because of like their dated references and like. Some of it's also just bad writing. Yeah. And how kind of like exaggerated their characters are. Yeah. You know, and and we go back and we make fun of them uh, and we make fun of Tobey Maguire and and those characters. And I'm not going to compare these two movies, but I'm saying that experience is kind of the same. Yeah. You, You go watch those movies to have a nostalgia trip and also like enjoy what's good about those movies, but also kind of like laugh at the things that are bad. It's no different than this movie. The only thing is, like, because this movie is so buried, we don't really have the nostalgia factor for it. No, absolutely not. But, again, we should have seen this as kids is my point. Yeah. Like, I'm going to show this to my kids. They might enjoy this. (laughs) This is my Captain America. (laughs) (laughs) But they might enjoy this as, like, a a 10-year-old might really like this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I definitely, definitely am not putting this in the Phantom Zone. This this deserves to be uh, at least watched for fun or hate-watched even. It, by as many people as possible. It's definitely something that needs to be back out there in At, some form. Yeah, absolutely. So it was it was fun, again. But so that's our thoughts on Captain America from 1990, the Yugoslavian-American production, <laughs> straight to DVD <laughs> or VHS, these little black boxes that you, that you find in the library. <laughs> Maybe you'll find Captain America in the library. <laughs> Seriously. So that's it for us. Next movie, Birdo. Say it loud and proud. <laughs> Electra, We're, finally. Yeah, same. Uh, we did Daredevil in like December. Might have been January, but I, I have a feeling it was like, yeah, it might have been January. It was while it was cold outside. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time ago. We got distracted by a lot of things, trying to do a lot of like DC stuff in time for Zack Snyder's Justice League. And then we did Zack Snyder's Justice League. And then regular Justice League. 
Uh, and, and then, then Falcon and Winter Soldier came out. And we're also like, oh yeah, Captain America. And we never did the sequel sort of spinoff to Daredevil, which is Elektra in 2005. So part of our established rules are like, we're going to do a franchise at a time. So we've got to do the sequels. And then we kind of said, fuck Elektra. So we will <laughs> do Elektra. That's our next movie. And then we'll kind of decide where we go from there. Yeah. Sound good? Sounds good to me. So thank you for listening, you guys. Thank you so much to that piano dude for a musical intro. Uh, make sure you leave a rating and review. Make sure you tell a friend. That'd be great. <laughs> tell a, You know what? Tell a friend first to watch Captain America from 1990. Yeah, tell them to of, watch the movie first and then listen to this episode specifically. specifically. Don't listen to our Ghost Rider episode. <laughs> or do. I don't... It's our first one, so it's kind of our worst, but it's also our most popular. I don't remember. It's like we were different people. I'll go back and listen to that one and be like, I think it's oh, more yeah. just like production quality. Yeah, production quality is not there, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, tell a friend to watch that movie and then listen to us. Uh, <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at Films from the Phantom Zone, and you can find us on Twitter if you want to talk to us, argue with us at Films from PZ. All these episodes are available on YouTube if you listen to your podcast that way they're there so that's another way you can listen to us so you can watch the movie on youtube and immediately switch over to this episode yeah you could i wonder if you uh, can make a youtube playlist I wonder if the algorithm will link us that'd be fun oh, man that, that... <laughs> that'd be some sweet juice right there <laughs> uh, but yeah and if you uh, want to support the show you can find us on patreon at films from pz where there is still no content but there will be so if you want to throw in a dollar and and help us out you can do that there Uh, other than that you guys we will see you next week with Electra hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) bye bye you guys